My name's Sarah, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all of the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. On today's episode of the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, we have... Kai! Who's Kai? Kai is my one of my mom's best friends, lifelong friends from when she was younger. What are we talking about? We're going to talk about lots of things today. Awesome. <laughs> That's not vague at all. <laughs> no. I try to be really vague. Perfect. Well, we're excited to talk to, about all of these things with you here, and so pull up a seat. Closer than you. Oh, it's <laughs> true. Oh, Welcome. Good to talk. <laughs> you just heard Jenny. That was... What? Yeah, I start recording before people are ready. That's sort she of does. what I do. That's sometimes, a good thing. Sometimes I'm eating and she pushes record. It's true. That happens a lot. But in my defense, she's eating a lot. <laughs> I'm not eating today, though. I know. Mm. Why not? There's a whole Could table be. full but, of girls but The important thing here is who is Jenny? Liz, yes. tell us who Jenny is. Jenny's a mom. She's sitting right here, but she says she's not going to talk today, which is a lie. Because we're going to start <laughs> talking and she's going to start chiming in over the over my shoulder. You're not going to be able to hear her. That's going to be the real problem. And that's okay. (laughs) See? She's not going to talk. There it is. So on today's episode, we have Kai here. I just met Kai for the first time today, but she's a longtime listener of the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. (laughs) Long time meaning this afternoon. (laughs) Kai, where are you here from? Um, I'm originally from Lodi, where this kitchen is oh yeah we're in liz's mom's kitchen so we're actually in the kitchen we are in the kitchen in lodi california where we should be my hometown (laughs) and but right now i live in st paul minnesota and i'm here for some vacation well you chose a good week it's like 75 it's been beautiful it's been beautiful (laughs) compared to minnesota yes it's very cold it's been snowing while i've been gone oh my goodness really good what's the temperature right now i have no idea and i don't care <laughs> just get out. Just yes, get out. Just get out. So, what are you guys doing while you're here? Just visiting people? No, we just kind of get up in the morning and say, okay, what do you want to do today? So, mm. yesterday. That's me every single day. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> usually, then the temptation is to say what they used to say in that cartoon Take Over the World. <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain. What do you want to do today? Take Over, Take the, over world. the World. <laughs> um, no, but we just we went up to Ironstone yesterday. That's and, a winery. Yeah, here and uh, that was really fun. It was beautiful. Everything was in bloom. That's a good Lutheran thing to do while you're here. Yeah, Take some wine. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you really didn't go up there for the wine. I just was <laughs> curious because I'd not seen the place before. Yeah. But should I tell that story I told you? Yes. This yes. is crazy. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I go up there. I go onto the platform. With Fred. With my husband, Fred. And there's this guy up there, and he has a T-shirt on or a sweatshirt that says Minnesota. And I'm like, really? So I walked over to him, and I said, are you in from Minnesota? And he said, yeah. I said, where? And he said, Minneapolis. And I said, well, we live in St. Paul. And there was a woman standing next to him who was obviously a bit older. And he said, this is my sister. She lives here. I'm here visiting her. And I thought, oh, that's nice. So then she looks at me and she says, well, I was adopted out when I was a baby. And my mother was 17 when she had me. 
And I just recently found my real family. Wow. And I'm like, like this is your brother that you just found? Wow. And she said, yes. And I, I was, uh, this is an episode of Long Lost Family right <laughs> happening in front of me right here. And they began to talk and tell the story. And she fortunately had found her birth family before her mother passed away. So she met her mother. Oh, wow. But one of the most poignant parts of that whole encounter was... She said, I always wondered if anybody ever remembered me on my birthday. And then her brother piped in and he said, are you kidding me? Every year on your birthday, mom cried all day long. And she was really sad for the next two or three days every year. And this woman, it was almost like healing went into her soul. To hear that. And I think that's really important to us, too, that to understand that we're created in the image of God. And no matter what life sends us, even if we're babies, yeah, God's still in control. And he sees us. He remembers <clears throat> us. He values us. He values our birthdays. But I know I was there to see a sight. Yeah, I'm crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. I was, no, I was there to see a sight, but that was so much more important to me than the actual vineyard and the beauty of the place. Just yeah. to walk into that. Yeah. It was amazing. We don't often get to experience those things. And so how sacred to, to experience that moment where she's talking to her brother about it. Technology has really come a long way. Like all of these DNA tests which is why I don't want to take one. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I don't really want to find long lost family. But <laughs> for, some, for some people, it's really great. And they yeah. found um, yeah, relatives that they didn't know existed. I think you're related to Kai. You think so? Yes. You you were born in the area here? Yeah. On what street? Um, I think my parents lived on Stockton Street when I was born. But then I grew up on like Elm and Pine Street. Okay, okay. Kai's been around here too since... Yeah, that's what she was saying. Yeah. But how do you think, just because we were born on <laughs> proximal, proximal do you have streets? you an aunt named Sophie? I don't. I have an aunt named Betty. You do. I know. They're the same person. They're the same person. I know. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, then you need to hear this, Liz. Her aunt Sophie. Which is and, my dad's aunt Sophie. Right. Her, her dad's aunt Sophie and my actual aunt Sophie are the same person. <laughs> and uh, But we are not blood relatives, unless we go back to Noah, which makes it all kosher. But, <laughs> yeah, kosher. but kosher. no, it only makes it kosher, but by marriage. And so, yes, we have the same exact, a great aunt for her and a great aunt for me, Sophie. That's that's so Lodi. That's very That's Lodi. old school German Lodi mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm thinking... I'm pretty sure that we're all related somehow. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just being really Lodi, since you brought that up. I spent the day today at a, a local preschool here just shadowing the teachers for some classes I'm taking. And it was interesting because people are registering their kids for the next school year. It's that yeah. time where they're pre-registering. And there were at least two people came in to register who had been to that preschool when they went to preschool. Oh, yeah. And the same teachers are still there. Yeah. And so they were so excited for that. And I was like, that is such a Lodi thing. It like, is a Lodi thing. To bring your kids back and have them have the same preschool teacher that you had when right. you were little. So, yeah. yeah and Lodi's grown. I, it used to be that I couldn't go into a store without running into at least somebody that I knew. 
not so much anymore, but still, you know, my grandma used to like troll the, the like Lodi News Sentinel for obituaries. She was like, I just wanted to see if any of my relatives died this week. Like, that was, like, well, that's better than my father because he would look at the obituaries in the Lodi News Sentinel every day. And then I'd say, what are you doing? And he'd say, I'm trying to find out if I'm in here or not. <laughs> there have been stories of people with like the same name who, who have died. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's yeah. so. Actually, my husband has a cousin. And ironically, um, his cousin's name is Lee Tony. He has two children. Their children's name are John Tony and Kari Tony. We have two children, John Tony and Kari Tony. Now, their Kari Tony is probably 35 years older than my Kari Tony. Yeah. But literally, on the phone one day, I got a phone call and a woman said, I'm so sorry to hear about the death of your daughter. <gasps> No. I said, I said, what? She said, well, Kari Tony. And I said, what? And she said, well, yeah, she she died. She passed away. I said, what? And I'm thinking, is this how I'm going to find out about yeah, the death of seriously? my child? Oh, my goodness. And then she said, well, she had a heart attack. And I'm thinking, well, Kari's 16. <laughs> so maybe but you could. Yeah, you could have I mean, a heart attack at 16. Yeah, sure. But I said, tell Unlikely. me some more about this. But it was my husband's cousin's daughter, Kari, and it scared me oh, to death. My it really did. But yeah, so those same name things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a That's thing. why having the name Kai is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You very no rarely run into something. Is it short for anything else? No, it's as short as you Is it K A I? Yes. I love it. Yeah, thank you. It's That's... Hawaiian. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Where did your parents get it? Like, what did my they... father got it. Uh, in World War II, okay, he was stationed in Hawaii before he was sent to the Aleutian Islands and to the Philippines. And he had a buddy that he met in the Army. His buddy's name was Herman Lemke. And there were six, six kids in that family. Herman's younger sister, her name was Adele Kailani Lemke. And they always called her Kai. And so my husband, my husband, my dad went home to their home for Christmas and met Kai. And he thought it was a beautiful name. Yeah. And he said, if I ever live through this war and I ever have a daughter, I'm going to name her Kai. I love it. And that's how I got it. Well, the better part of that is back in the day when Jenny, Liz's mom, and I were in college, <laughs> that was when they started making these name plaques. Yeah. So you could have your name and then a special Bible verse and all that <laughs> stuff. Well, everybody was getting one. Everyone. And they had them up in their dorm rooms and... I went back to my room and kind of kicking the wall, and I said, God, why'd you give me this dumb name? I can't even get a plaque. <laughs> and the next day, some girls came back from Hawaii, and they said, Kai, when we were in Hawaii, we got out a Hawaiian dictionary, and we looked up your name. I said, what does it mean? They said, water, ocean, or surf. So that night I went back to my devotional time and I'm praying and the Holy Spirit... Apologize to God. No, no, no. The Holy Holy Spirit says to me, do you want to talk about the importance of water now? (laughs) I love it. So, you know, my whole life it's been that theme and I really do believe that God gives us our names. I really do. And so it's all about... I'm supposed to go through my whole life splashing a little bit of yeah Jesus on people. I agree water. with you. My name and is 
is Sarah. It yeah. means princess. princess. My middle name's Elizabeth, so I'm princess. I'm a princess ordained by God. So Whoa. all of you should bow down. <laughs> all, uh, and, uh, unfortunately for you, Sarah, all of us are princesses ordained by God. <laughs> but you, you have to show name me. No, it does not. You have, <laughs> no, you have the title. You I'm have kidding. the title. Have the no, it's really title. just that being a product of the 80s, because Elizabeth Ann is very much an 80s name as well. Thanks, Mom. Hey. You know, cool. it's okay. I could never find those because they were always sold out. So every Sarah, I had like four Sarahs in my. What is Nessie gonna do? Oh, I don't know. What's she's her, gonna what's get her full custom name? plaque? <laughs> what's her full name? Nessa Rose Eglantine. Yeah, no, she's never getting a plaque. Yeah. We're gonna have to make her one and like there pretend. There you go. Yeah, we'll make her one. Yeah, yeah. perfect. No, I remember going into stores and they would have all sorts of little name things, and mine was always gone. They would have S A R A left, and I'm like, that's not right. That's not how you spell that. That's right. It's rude. <laughs> spell it right. <laughs> spell it right. So, mm-hmm. so what does Jenny mean? Oh, what does Jenny mean? It's your name. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Some things say derivative of John. Which is God's gracious gift. That's what John means. Whoa, you know that by heart. Yeah, because it's my son's name. Oh, It just says derivative of John. Right, so you derived as a gracious gift. (laughs) I'm Googling that right now. (laughs) It may mean the fair one. A Cornish worm. Um, And there's another name, another... It's, It's related to Guinevere. Oh. Well, isn't that fancy? Jenny There's the a block. lot of royalty around this table. <laughs> right yes. Yes, yes there Hawaiian is. royalty and other royalty. Okay, yes. yeah. And the others. I always Hawaiian. say if I decided to be a nun, I would have had a perfect name. Sister Sarah Elizabeth is pretty good. Yeah. 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 Sister Elizabeth Ann would have been good too. Yeah. yeah, we could still do that with you if you'd like. Nah. <laughs> no? Nah. We did go to, you know, Ash Wednesday service. That's true. There was no music. We talked about this last I week. I know, but I'm still sad about it. <laughs> we went to, yeah, Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. and no music. Just the local. Which, we went to the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. I like liturgy, mm-hmm. but I just expected there to be music, too. I was a little bummed out. Well, and part of it, I think I said this, too, repeating ourselves, but, like, in their book, there were parts that sh- could have been sung, but yes. they just didn't. They didn't it do it. Sad. <laughs> kind of sad. So the one time we go. Short yep. version. It was the... Yeah, it was non-musical I mean, short version. It wasn't even that short though. With the surface with a with yeah, communion and, 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 and ashes. Like, giving the ashes 45 was forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes long. I guess so. It was quick. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so well, this has been a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kai, what do you, you and your husband do in Minnesota? My husband is a pastor. What kind of pastor? What denomination? That's a very good question. <laughs> he was ordained a Lutheran pastor. By God, like me. By God. <laughs> and he uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, so we've been involved in Lutheran Charismatic Reunion, or uh, Charismatic Renewal, for about 40 years plus. And he just ended, at the end of January, serving a parish for 17 years, um, that was an evangelical free church, which oh. had formerly been a Lutheran church, but they departed from the ELCA. Okay. And so they were independent for a season and then decided to realign with E-Free, which the irony there is that that therefore made me an E-Free pastor's wife, and I'd never been in an E-Free church in my life. Huh. <laughs> but he's done with that now. He um, left that, and as I was telling Jenny... 
he finished on a Sunday, and we didn't know where we were going to go or what we were going to do. We kept praying about that, and got and people kept saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And we said, we don't know. Well, the Wednesday before that final Sunday, he was hired by a charismatic Lutheran church to be their new director of healing ministries. Wow. So his new focus is prayer for people for healing. And I've never heard of a charismatic Lutheran church. <laughs> I was going to say, that's interesting. That's oh, totally huh? new to me. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, big, it's a big deal. So like, like speaking in tongues. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, wow. Get all the gift spirit. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Even when in the we 60s. Were, yeah, when we were in college, it was, uh, we went to a Lutheran college. Okay, where'd you go? Cal Lutheran. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it kind uh, of like Cal Baptist, but Lutheran? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, but, it, but it was just a college then, now it's a university. I don't know what that means exactly, but now it's a university. <clears throat> anyway, um, that was a big thing going on when we were in college. Huh. Um, who was the man that wrote the book about the charismatic renewal? Uh, his name was Pastor Larry Christensen. Okay. And he was the head of Lutheran Renewal in the world. The irony there is that, and, and today maybe we need to talk a little bit about, you know, God's favor in our lives. I'd like to hear elements of God's favor in your lives. But sometimes I marvel at the way that the Lord has worked in my life and so when I was working, I worked for California Lutheran. Okay. And when I was working there, someone gave me a book called The Lutheran, A Charismatic Renewal Among Lutherans. Huh. And I, I had, it was, it was uh, midterm time, and I had said to all the people in my dorm, I was the head resident of the dorm, come to my, my apartment anytime you need to take a study break, make some hot chocolate, there'll be treats here, whatever you want to do. And I was reading that book, and a girl came in, and the book struck me funny. I, so I was laughing at the book. And she said, what are you laughing at? And I said, this man is so hilarious. He's trying to make the case of how Lutheran he is. So he's telling a story of when his parents went on vacation to visit relatives and the Lutheran church was having confirmation and they didn't want to sit through the long confirmation. So they went to a Methodist church. Okay. Well, he's 11 years old and he's never been in any kind of church that wasn't Lutheran. <laughs> so all of a sudden he realizes in the middle of the service that this isn't a Lutheran church. <laughs> so he stands up and says out loud, Mom, this isn't a Lutheran church. <laughs> Which is funny, right? You're yeah. laughing. Right. So I was laughing and I began to tell her about the things of the Spirit as I told her that story. And she said, you know, I'd like that. I'd like to be prayed for but for the things of the Holy Spirit, which totally, I have to tell you, being young and newly baptized in the Holy Spirit scared me to death. Yeah. And I'm like, God, get me out of here, please. I don't know what to do with her. I don't know what to do with her. And he said, pray for her. Mm. And I'm like, but I'm not a pastor. I'm not anything. Pray for her. So I laid hands on her and prayed for her. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit, began speaking in tongues, spread a revival through our entire dormitory. Holy cow. And then I thought, this man who wrote this book needs to know what's going on over here yeah. because of his obedience to the Holy Spirit. So I wrote him a letter. And the next thing I know, I'm working at his church <laughs> and living in his house oh my goodness. for two years. The man who was the epicenter of the move of the Holy Spirit in the Lutheran Church, and that's where I met my husband. That's so cool. How um, 
how do the gifts work in a traditional service? Because I've been to Lutheran churches a couple of times. Um, a lot of like my grandma's cousins and stuff were Lutheran or Adventist. And so we were either Baptist, Lutheran, or Adventist. That's like the Lodi Trinity. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what does that look like? Because the ones I've been to have been very liturgical, very um, controlled. And now charismatic movement is not that way. So what does that look like in a, in a normal service? Well, it can look have various scenes. Sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, Paul talks about having the gifts decently and in order when right. he writes to the Corinthians. Yeah, it's not chaotic. Right. So the idea is, you know, first of all, you can't control the Holy Spirit. Let's just start there. Right. And, we and we I try will, to. Yeah, we try to. And we try We're afraid of him. And so, because we're, he's calling, he's that. calling me right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because you put on speaker. No, yeah. <laughs> put, put, put the Holy Spirit on speaker. <laughs> well, you know, I often used to say that. Oh. I often used to say that um, everybody kind of has an iPod that's built into their chest. This is the way I used to tell my teenagers mm-hmm. in Sunday school, because it's really true. And except that sometimes we don't put the earphones in. Sure. And if we put the earphones in, we can hear the Holy Spirit. Sure. But everybody has the capability of hearing God. Yeah. But they don't always put the earphones in. So then you don't hear. Um, but, you know, so hopefully things would be decently in order and you'd have, you know, you want the fire of the Holy Spirit, but, you know, fire is very destructive if it's not in the fireplace. Sure. So you right. want to make sure you put it in the fireplace, but you don't want to control them because like, like C.S. Lewis talks about Aslan and the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. Yeah. And, the, and he says, he's not a tame lion. Right. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit's not tame. He gets to do what he will. Yeah. And so we have, but, but we have to trust him. Sure. Because he's good and he is, God is love. And so, yeah, sometimes it will manifest as, um, <laughs> I hear we wish you a Merry Christmas right now. <laughs> We're at anyway, Liz's parents' house. That's just, okay. That's We're going to take so, a minute break oh. because all the clocks are about to go off. Yeah. This oh. is, we don't really have to take a break. I think we, <laughs> this, should, we should just hear, keep going. Do you hear heavenly music in the background? <laughs> yeah. It's a soundtrack. Um, so yeah. You know, just letting God be God. Yeah. It's like one time I was driving home with my husband, and I had been at a meeting, and and like you said, Liz, we try to control the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, and I was so frustrated. I said, these people at this meeting were trying to just put God and Jesus in this box and yeah. wrap them up in pretty paper and put a bow around there and tie it up. Like Christmas. Yeah. And then my <laughs> husband turned to me and he goes, yeah, and you, and you know what? And I said, what? He goes, after they do all that, He's not in there. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You know? And that's yeah. the he can't truth. be contained. No. Yeah. So what were you in what tell us about your experience of trying to control the Holy Spirit? Well, I just think we try to control environments um, yeah. because we don't like um, when things go unplanned or when there's even that possibility that something spontaneous, quote unquote, might happen. Um, because we do, I think a lot of times in the um, evangelical church we don't know what to do with that like right. when there's one person who has a word from the Lord like do we really listen to that or are they just making something up so yeah. I think 
we've almost built this into some of our structures. Right. Our security um, team's going to just tackle them. Right. <laughs> Someone stands up and starts talking. They're down. <laughs> no, I think so. We've just built these structures so that we can control an environment. We can control what is said, when it is said, how long it is said. Right. Um, that way the... The mystery is almost built out of it. Where right. really, what you know, the mystery of, of faith and the mystery of the Holy Spirit is that we can't control it, and it will do what it's going to do, whether we're willing to let it do it or not. It's right. going to happen. Well, one of the one of the things that that causes is this idea that if you're a pastor or you work at a church, that you're in this professional ministry. That those words only come from you. That you're the only one who can have the Holy Spirit. Like we don't necessarily grant that. Right. Um, yeah. privilege to other people. When we've, yeah, we've seen, seen that throughout church history where it almost feels like the staff, they're, well, they're the ones with the gifts. So right. therefore, they are the ones that, they're the only ones who can interpret. They're the only ones well, who Well, the gifts of service we allow people to have because we need people to stack chairs <laughs> right. in the back. So right. what else? You know, <laughs> you know but, but those certain ones we've, we've granted only to the church staff where really the Holy Spirit has granted well, then every which everybody person. Everybody should you know? be confronted with Joel chapter 2. Because it says that there's an outpouring of the Spirit on all on flesh, it, right. not just pastoral credentials, yeah. staff. But, and, but it's almost to that, that the church has fed that, you yeah, know, fed absolutely. that ability where it's like, well, you, they are the staff, and therefore they are on a higher higher plane than we are. Well, because you know, we and, view people like giving a word or whatever as like a liability. What if they yeah. say something that, you know isn't kosher what if they say something that we don't necessarily agree with but luckily i mean if somebody started speaking tongues in my church context people would be like well in the world just happened in with that person it is not accepted and they we wouldn't know what to do right if if someone felt led at a particular moment to um just go forward and need some help at that moment i mean something out of the you know just a breakdown or whatever we wouldn't know what to do no one no you know calls uh, you know Call the ambulance I or the call could, you know, kind of look around and who do you right. me? What and to be doing? honest, you know, my first experience ever witnessing people speaking in tongues, um, my husband and I had just like started dating and he took me to his Assemblies of God church to a prayer meeting. And I was like, okay, had never experienced it and it freaked me out. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have <clears> any experience whatsoever and so for me i was like what are these people doing they're like chanting in this weird language well i can relate to that because the first time that i ever encountered it i had the same reaction i was scared to death yeah and it was in a we were in college and it was a prayer meeting that we had on sundays in a park and every time we sat down together and had these prayer times there were people who kept going just whispering yeah. and, I, th- and I, I thought well if you have something to say to God and right stuff, why don't you just speak up right. <laughs> you know? yeah. and and so the whole concept seems so foreign to me sure. and it was frightening but there's validity to it like let me tell you something else that happened years ago at um, a Lutheran Holy Spirit conference in Minneapolis or actually it was in Arden Hills um, my husband was in charge of the word gift group and so, you know, you do need to test these things. You don't yeah. just want some, The Bible calls for testing of the yeah. spirits, you know. You don't want to just indiscriminately let everything go crazy because it may not be from the Lord. Right. So anyway, he got up to pray over the group and he prayed in English and suddenly, he, I'm in the audience, but he shifted to praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. 
But it wasn't his normal tongue that I have heard all the years of our married life. It was a different tongue. And I thought, what is that? That's nothing like the tongue I've heard you pray in before. And he just kind of sang it over the whole congregation. Well, there was a... um, And then they were waiting for the interpretation, which is something that should come. If you're, right. if you're praying, if you're praying privately in tongues, that's between you and God. It's like self-edification. Yeah, part of your personal okay. prayer life. But if you're doing that public one, there mm-hmm. should be an interpretation of right. tongues. So the interpretation came because the Holy Spirit said to my husband, read the paper that was handed to you in the Word Gift group yesterday. So he picked it up and read it. Uh-huh. The next morning, a woman came forward to him and she said, I have been invited here to the Holy Spirit conference by my friend, and I don't know if this Holy Spirit stuff is real or not. And I was doubtful. So I said, Lord, if this is really you and really of you, please show me that this is valid and true. And she said, I don't think you knew what happened yesterday, but I'm a missionary to South America. And the language you were praying over us in yesterday is Mapuche Indian. We have never heard of Mapuche Indians. (laughs) And uh, she said, and I know that language because that's the group I am a missionary to. And it's a very, very difficult language. And I am still trying to master it. But you spoke perfect Mapuche Indian yesterday. And so I said, Lord, if this is really real, then when the interpretation into English comes, it better have these words that I heard in Mapuche. And sure enough, she said they did. And she (laughs) said, I think God's confirming to me, reconfirming to me my call as a missionary back to Mapuche Indians. That you can't manufacture that. That has to be a God thing. Yeah. My goodness. So, yeah, one of my other experiences um, with tongues was going to a local, like, Pentecostal church. And um, everyone would speak in tongues at the same time. The pastor would speak in tongues from the pulpit. And it felt not right. But their um, doctrine says that you have to speak in tongues to be saved. Do you believe that speaking in tongues or the gifts of the, the Spirit are um, Do I part believe of salvation? It? Yeah. No. Uh, because I believe that when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior then therefore we we are a new creation because it says if anyone be be in Christ they are a new creation the old has passed away the new has come and I believe that you accept Jesus and the triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so you get the Holy Spirit at that point now the gifts of the Spirit prophecy, tongues, etc., words of knowledge, that sort of thing, they are tools in right. a toolbox. They're not trophies. Right. You shouldn't get yeah. spiritual pride about them. They're not trophies. They're tools. And I remember asking God when I encountered the Holy Spirit, and I said, God, am I supposed to have this? Yeah. And I heard the Lord say yes, and I said, God, answer this question for me. Is there going to be a day... That if I say no, I don't want these gifts, that there's going to be somebody who has a need and I will not be able to help them because I don't have these tools. Mm. And he said, yes, that's going to happen. And I said, then give me the tools. My goodness. Do you feel like because um, some pride can be associated with those gifts that there's like abuse sometimes of them? Oh, absolutely. We're human. We can abuse anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We can abuse anything. Yeah, because I've heard like that argument against, you know, the more charismatic movements of, 
well, there are people who say things or they say, you know, God gave me a word. At my husband's AG church, a lady came up to me and told me I had the spirit of Jezebel. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Cool. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that word. And, yeah. and, and I t- always tell people not to judge one negative experience with a movement or a church or an organization or whatever. Um, like, no. don't judge everyone based on one bad experience because of that. But, <laughs> well, because well, sometimes that bad experience is based on your attitude walking in. Like, there, sure, there, are, yeah. there are things that you bring in. Right. So, so you can't judge it by one bad experience, Right. I think. But I will say, I do still get hesitant mm-hmm. um, in more charismatic situations because it's still so uncomfortable to right. me. Right, and it's new. Yeah, right. It's new. I, I've been in it for almost 40 years and there are times that I get uncomfortable. Yeah. And there are times that I wonder, is this someone's flesh? Sure. Or yeah. is this really the spirit of God? And again, you have to have testing. And there were, there were times that I would go to these conferences and people would always say, the Lord is doing a new thing. And they'd quote out of Isaiah. And I finally said to my husband, if one more person leads into their prophecy with the Lord's doing a new thing, I'm going to take my shoe off and throw it at their head. <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. You know? yeah, 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 that would be. But, you beg it on them. So, yeah. Are we human? Are we broken? Do we have... Does flesh get into it sometimes? Of course. Yes. With any gift. Yes. Yeah. But... Let's let's move it back. Let's back up just a little bit and, and get off the gifts and get on hearing the Holy Spirit. Because doesn't every Christian want to get up every morning and say, "Okay, Spirit of the Living God, fill me today. Use me in your kingdom today, and show me where you want me to go, what you want me to do, what you want me to say." And so, really, we shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit because we really want Him to guide us every day. Right. And I think um, a lot of us, I mean, me included, I don't always ask for it. You know, I don't always ask okay. for the Holy Spirit. So if I don't ask, yeah. don't move that. If I don't ask <laughs> every day, that means I don't have the Holy Spirit with me? No. No. He's okay. still he's still there. Because there was a, a young person who said something like, um, Was I it Liz? <laughs> I bring the Holy Spirit with me wherever I go. It was Liz. <laughs> that was me quoting Fitch, though. I wasn't going to say who it was. <laughs> oh. Everywhere we stand is on holy ground is the Rob Bell version of that. Yeah. yeah. But wherever I, because I'm a Christian, and, and I'm not wearing that as a badge, I, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. God's favor, God, I mean, God's grace, I am. Um, then I carry the Holy Spirit wherever I go. Okay. And because I carry the Holy Spirit wherever I go, is that a benefit? Absolutely. Okay, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I like that we're just watching this. I like it. This. <laughs> this is great. Okay, what do you want to know? Why, what, what, what are you really after because in your heart? Because the way that it was written down and the way I read it, it was, it was like a, you know, throw the water in my face, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was like a, um, something new. In my in my brain to take on, like I yeah the Holy Spirit's with me every day, and He's with me wherever I go, so that means that He's taking me. He's taking me places. I'm walking into places. Sometimes I think on my own, but it's not. But it's like I'm on my own, and He's there with me. And I should just I should just know that. 
And it was like a brand new... Okay, so now let's say that's a revelation. That's the word. Okay, that's a, that's a revelation. So what? <laughs> now that you have this revelation, Jenny, what difference has <laughs> that made in your life? Knowing that you are filled with the Spirit of God because you belong to Jesus, you're part of the kingdom of the family. What difference has that made? Knowing that you, that He goes with you and before you. I, I know that, but it was when it was said in a certain way that no matter where I go. The Holy Spirit is with me. It's like, yeah. It's like mind-blowing is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not like I didn't know it, but it's like the awareness was heightened a bit more. Yes. And the fact that I can um, understand that now, that in situations that I think are, um, wow, new, and what are, it's been planned. <laughs> Holy Spirit is at work. Yeah. And um, you're just... You're just finally catching on to this, okay, about what you should be doing. Like everything is spiritual. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, yeah. wait. Okay. So that's that also Rob Bell. That's Rob Bell. That's Rob Bell. Well, that's true. Well, I think, I think though, um, going back to like just church structures and in what I've observed in my not so many years here, you know, in, in this realm, I mean, people have been doing yeah. this a lot longer than I have. Um, we've almost made the Holy Spirit something to fear. Like, mm-hmm. we talk about your gifts, yeah, um, but if they really don't fit into this box, right. then they don't really know what to We've do with you. we sanitized it in a and way. And it's almost like if you don't have these certain gifts, whether it be teaching or or service or whatever it is, yeah. um, we almost, like, shame you into, like, well, you need to have that or something. Otherwise, we, we just don't know how you fit into our church structure. Yeah. Um, and so when we, we talk about... Um, you know, bringing the Holy Spirit with you wherever you are, that's yeah. new, quote unquote, but it's not really new because that's what scripture promises us. <laughs> like that's what Jesus promises us, that the helper is coming. Well, it, you know, the it, paraclete who will walk with you. The paraclete. Oh, word of the day. Yeah, it, it sort of reminds me when um, a church leader that I know asked me to look for a spiritual gifts test. You know, they have those tests that you take. And the one that I found, he was like, well, this one has the, the more charismatic gifts. He didn't want that. And so we had to find one that didn't have those because it's not part of like the doctrine of that specific church. And so you wonder why. Uh, yeah. And again, it's, it's difficult because, we, you know, in my denomination, we don't have exposure right. um, to that. It's not acknowledged really. And I think that, again, it goes back to like people not even knowing how to process it but going back to the whole like you know the holy spirit is with us wherever we go and and the question you asked about like do we have to ask him or is he there with us i think that there's power in the ask i think that there's something to be said that that reorients my brain for the day that Mm -hmm. says Mm -hmm. like i've invited the holy spirit to be with me today and so i need to make sure like my actions reflect um the things of god and that you know when those you can see divine appointments, but when those things spring up, it's like, okay, is this just a happenstance or is this, you know, something more? Like, has God put me in this situation for a reason to display his goodness or is this, you know, just a random thing that's happened? It definitely like reorients. Now, I don't often ask for it just because, again, it's not even part of my like normal mm-hmm. um, daily prayers. Like, it's not part of what um, we focus on in like the church that I go to. And so now I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, I need to do that more often. I, yeah. <laughs> Ever since I read that, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh. 
gosh. Yeah. There's something about it, you know. Yeah. Then, you know, and the Lord speaks to us in, in different ways. Um, but primarily, I would say, th- would be through his word, through mm-hmm. the yeah. scriptures. Mm-hmm. So when you read the word of God, do you say, Holy Spirit, light up something for me here? Yeah. What are you trying to say through this passage? What are you trying to say yeah. to me today? about this thing growing up I didn't really grow up in church but I started going when I was like a teenager and one of the things that we would have to do is memorize scripture to raise money to (laughs) To go go to Hume Lake it was called BMA like Bible Memorization Association or something did you not have that (laughs) we did I forget what it was called though yeah and we would have a book and we would memorize scripture now memorizing scripture wasn't a value that I grew up with I just did it for money for camp but it's really interesting because now when things come up I'm reminded of the scripture verses that I remembered even Mm -hmm. though you know, I was a teenager. Um, and I was even just thinking recently about how we've sort of lost the art of memorizing scripture. I think because we always have it with us, you know, I can get it on my phone. I can get it, you know, wherever. Right. But remember that one scripture that is sitting there before our eyes, that says, I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right. Now that is powerful. Totally. To me that, is very powerful. Let me tell you a story about, that I should have learned long ago, but I probably learned it when I was about 60, and I should have known better. <laughs> there was a man in our church, and he was very chauvinistic. We'll just start. He was from an older generation, even older than me, and very chauvinistic. And um, he made life very difficult, especially for women in the church. Mm-hmm. And But that's just an aside. And so um, he also made life difficult for my husband. And he had been at a council meeting and had pretty much raked my husband over the coals. Now, are we done? No. No. Oh, okay. Just thought we were done. Okay. Sorry. So I'm plugging okay. my computer in. That's okay. That's so no it doesn't problem. die in no, the middle of us. That's talking. no problem. <laughs> but anyway, um, and if you know my husband, if we talk about names, what names mean, his name is Frederick. Frederick means peaceful ruler. Uh, my husband is he's about an Enneagram Nine. Yeah, yep. he's he's <laughs> he is like the most peaceful yep. person you don't want to meet. And this guy really attacked him. Well, normally my husband wouldn't tell me about that because he wants to protect me. Right. But that day he did tell me. And I was so mad. I cannot tell you girls how mad I was. So I get in my car and I'm driving home and I'm so mad. And I'm like, Lord, I'm I'm not going to put up with this. This attack is so unfair. My husband didn't do anything wrong, and this guy just attacked him. And I, I suddenly I saw myself kind of looking like Corella Deville yeah. with my hair going out and smoke coming out of my ears. And I said, I'm going to go over to his house, and I'm going to give him a lecture like he has never, never heard before. The Holy Spirit says to me quietly, do not take up the offense of another. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? He said, it's your husband's offense. It's not your offense. Do not take up an offense of another. Scripture memorized. Yeah. So I said, okay, God, fair enough. You're right. It probably wouldn't work anyway. So I'm not going to do that because you're counseling me not to do that. But can I ask this, Lord? If I'm not going to go talk to him, could you? because he needs a talking to so could you talk to him that night 
the Holy Spirit spoke to that man and convicted him. The next morning, he was in my husband's office in tears, apologizing. And I thought, why didn't I learn this a long (laughs) time ago that it's not my job to do those things? It's my job to appeal to the, the God of heaven. And he will set things to right. Right. But that little scripture that I memorized stopped me cold in my tracks. So right. I will hide your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. Yeah. And the more hidden we have, maybe the straighter path we can walk. I don't <laughs> no, know. Seriously, it's been such a gift to me. Um, like we memorized Philippians chapter two when I was in high school, um, and and the idea of like if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, like be one in spirit and purpose. So in this time where things have been very politically divided, where things have been really difficult, um, it's, it's been a good reminder for me that even in places that we differ, our job as Christians is to be one in spirit and purpose. And what is our purpose as Christians to let other people know about the love and grace of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, like I've been so convicted just recently about how, you know, memorizing Bible verses isn't really um, a thing for me as an adult. And, and I've been sort of trying to figure out like what verses to memorize. And so it's interesting that we're talking about this now. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I find the ones that um, I like stirred to memorize again or revisit again are the ones that as I'm listening to sermons or if I'm listening to podcasts or yeah. whatever, they're the ones that keep coming to mind throughout my week. Yeah. Um, and the one that I've just for over the last month, um, Jake, had said it at our like Sunday evening gathering, and it was Philippians 1.6, being confident yeah. of this, that he who began a good work in you yeah. will be faithful to complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. And and he, he read like the whole chapter, but it was just that one verse and um, being able to this last week, um, you know, share some of those stories, how I've seen this, you know, verse come yeah, up. Liz preached this week, by the way. Good job. Yeah. Pastor Liz. Um, Pastor Liz. Um, just being able to share about in my own life, here's ways that I've seen that verse come alive. And, you know, uh, my mom shared at our Sunday school class um, a story. And I, but it goes back to this because of, you know, he, he began the work and he's going to complete right. it. You know, we don't always get to complete it. We don't always get to see the fruit. And we're, prom- we're not even promised that we're going to get to yeah. see the end of the result. But, yeah. but that God is going to be the one faithful to, who started this, he's going to be the faithful one to complete it, to see it through to the end. And it's not us. Sometimes we do get to see it, which is yeah. always really cool. I always mm-hmm. say, like, God's kindness to us is incredible. So we had a girl who um, a few weeks ago just walked into church. She said that she had ridden her bike by our church for years, and this Sunday just decided that she was going to stop by. Had never been in a church before. Um, and so, of course, we are just all like, wow, this is so different. You know, this is so different. That just doesn't happen. Um, so a girl in our church, like befriended her and took her into service. She'd never been in the service. And then she came to our newcomers lunch and she was talking about how shy she is. But at the same time, she had the microphone and she's asking all of these questions. And then last week, um, she was sitting, um, by our coffee bar, just drinking her tea alone. And so I went and sat by her and she was just asking all the questions that, you know, we don't really get to answer very often because people just know she goes, why do Christians do good things? Like Christians do a lot of charity, right? And I said, yeah. And she goes, why is that? And I said, well, we believe that, you know, God calls us to love our neighbor. And she's like, like your neighbor, like your next door neighbor. And I said, well, you know, Jesus says that everyone's our neighbor. And so it's, it's anybody. And, and, you know, we share this kinship, which we talked about Mm -hmm. 
um, last week on the podcast. But it was so cool to just be able to see sort of the the dots being connected, you know, and it's not about what you've heard about church. It's not about um, the little that you know. I got to share um, some of that truth with her. And we never get those experiences anymore because, you know, we live in the information age. If I want to know about a different religion or I want to know about whatever, I'll just Google it, you know. But But is it knowledge that we really are seeking after or is it relationship? Oh, and what totally. you gave her that Sunday morning when she was asking that question of life was the answer, but you gave her relationship. Well, Google doesn't give you the heart of God. No. You know, it gives no. you it gives you answers, no. but it doesn't give you right. the tone or the um, the spirit right. behind those things. And right. so, yeah, it was such a cool experience. And I got to walk away saying, wow, like, thank you, God, for letting me um, actually witness your work in somebody that's mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, you know, Mm -hmm. so out of left field. And especially, you know, maybe in a conservative Baptist church, it was just so like, oh, all right, this is amazing. And she just keeps coming back. You know, she doesn't know anything. And so she sits through services and she's like, huh, what is this and this? And it's it's so cool and so interesting. Sometimes I think not knowing anything is the greatest blessing. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can't twist things then. Right. You're hungry and you're, you're seeking and Jesus says, knock and ask and seek, and it will be given to you. Right. And so that's kind of a, a sweet place. And um, we did a ministry a number of years ago, which was a lot like what you do in Care Lodi and, and 180. And it was a tutoring program for children. And it was Tuesday and Thursday nights. And we would tell the kids Bible stories, and we would also tutor them in their homework and do all that kind of thing. And we took them through um, a curriculum that filled in all the gaps that they had missed in schools because a lot of these kids were transient and yeah. they missed stuff at school. And um, and they always had to memorize a Bible verse. Here we go back to the right. you know, hiding the word in your heart. But they always had to memorize a Bible verse before they could take a little mini quiz on what we'd learned. And they these kids took these street kids took the bible verses to heart mm-hmm. so they heard, one time they heard about the uh, story of jericho yeah and how the march around jericho and how god used that to destroy that city so though what those kids did down the street from the church there was a strip club and it was called <laughs> it, it was on Payne avenue p a y n e but it was called the pain reliever and no. We, no, seriously, that's the name, well, that's what it was. And we, the, the number of people had prayed against the pain reliever for years and years and years. Those kids, no, those kids went down together and marched around that church and did what they did to Jericho and prayed like that because they thought, well, that they took God at face value. Yeah, the pain reliever closed within the month. Wow, my goodness, what. Seriously, I'm, I'm, do not so make great. this up. But see, they didn't doubt. Right. They just said, oh, okay, <laughs> let's try this. It's so well, funny because I use that as an example of how following God is never efficient. <laughs> yeah. or And it makes zero sense this last week. Um, so it's funny to hear that, oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And this is not efficient, but right. God still uses those times to do something amazing. Well, sometimes I think like the more that I have sort of been around church stuff, the harder it's been for me to pray for bold, like boldly. Be, and I've, 
tried to sort of figure this out in myself, but it's funny because I sort of realized it the other day talking to somebody about prayer. I was like, I think part of it for me is like praying boldly over someone else is what if this doesn't happen and it causes them to doubt God. And really it's me projecting my own doubt because I'm afraid that it's not going to happen. And then I question God's good, his bigness, you know, his ability to either answer or, or not answer. Um, yeah, so I'm really, it's, yeah, it's just interesting that we're having these conversations right now because they're literally all things that I've been thinking about and dealing with and sort of struggling and wrestling with. Um, but even those bold prayers for myself, like, I think there's a bit of me that's nervous about being disappointed. Yeah. And so I won't pray the big things. I won't pray the bold things. But I look back and I remember I became a Christian when I was about 11. Um, again, I was, a, I was a kid who lived down the street from the church. I always say that... Um, if Liz worked in the park when I was a kid, I would probably go to her program. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that sure, kid. Sure. Um, my parents weren't really involved. I would stay outside playing with friends all day and nobody really cared what I was doing. And, you know, that was just my life. But I remember that first, even being in high school, still being really enamored almost by this idea of God and, and Jesus just loving every part of me and all of these things. Whereas my friends who grew up in the church from the time they were little, were almost more desensitized to it. Like, you know, and so I had this faith in a way that I wish I had now, you know, where, where I still believed so much, you know, I still believed God could do anything and I believe God could do anything now, but there's always that I've been exposed to it so much. And what if he doesn't? And, and it brings up more questions, but, um, but yeah, like, so I think that sometimes we have to revisit, um, those things for ourselves because it's easy to just, We've been in it for so long to start to to not be in on wonder of um, all the things mm-hmm. that God can really do just because this is just part of who we are now. And so so the idea of revelation, like things being revealed to us, what a big deal. You know, what? how, how amazing is that? Huge. You know, because yeah. it's easy for us to just sort of go through the motions of we're Christians and we go to church on Sunday and this is what we do. And we have to let God do things the way he does them. Right. Yeah. In his timing and in his way. <coughs> like, for instance, right now I'm very involved with, my heart is involved with the persecuted church. Yeah. Particularly in India right now. Yeah. Because uh, a young man that I know is from an Indian church and they're being persecuted. And three people have already been murdered at their church. And just a couple weeks ago, one of their pastors preached a sermon and seven uh, Muslim people in the service accepted Jesus Christ. That's amazing. When the pastor stepped out the door of the church, the families of these Muslim Mm -hmm. kids beat him. And he was... I have I have it on my phone. I could play it for you. He, yeah. Him in a he's drenched in blood. He's in a taxi going to the hospital, and he's praising Jesus. Mm. And he gets to the hospital. I have another video. They they turn him down and say we will not treat you because you're a Christian. So he has to go to a secondary hospital. He is so badly beaten that the next morning he dies, mm. and he's the third one. And now. That church is, and if anybody's hearing this in the sound of my voice, please pray for that church in India. The police will not help them. They will not protect them because they don't own their building. Mm. 
and they've been in the same building for 25 years renting, but now the owner wants to sell and they're trying to raise money to buy the building and then maybe they'd get some protection. But mm. they really are being persecuted. something that we can't really imagine yeah. in this country. Oh, yeah. Our faith here costs us very, very, very little. Yeah. When, <laughs> when the Starbucks cup colors oh, were considering right. that persecution. Because like, mm. he took snowmen off of cups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and you go, my goodness. Like, there's real... <laughs> Persecution yeah. people who really, you know, it costs them something to follow God. Yes, yeah. and this young man, he and his brother had come to the United States to study at the university where I work, and, and that's where I met them. The brother went home and years later married a young woman in India. They were out on a bike ride on a Sunday afternoon, and a carload of people drove up, jumped out of the car, and beat them with bamboo rods. They had to have stitches in their head. The woman, the wife, was beaten almost to death. She was a nurse. Uh, and this is an interesting story because she is a nurse for the federal government in India. And a parent, and she almost died, but she did not. And apparently, if you're a federal employee and someone attacks you like that, mm-hmm. the penalty for doing that is capital punishment. Oh, it's wow. death. Okay. So these people were arrested, and they were on trial, and they were going to be executed. And her husband went to the court mm. and advocated for them, for them to be forgiven and save their lives, mm-hmm. even though they had, bare, they had almost beaten his wife to death. But to love mercy, right? Yeah, love mercy, yes, mm. to love mercy. So, you know, who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is our neighbor is Care Lodi. Our neighbor is 180. Our neighbor is lifelong friends in Christ. Our neighbor is global. This world is so small yeah. today, particularly because of the internet and yeah. other things. Who is our neighbor? And I maintain that whoever the Holy Spirit puts in front of you in a day where you have the means to be Christ to them, that's your neighbor. And that's what you should do, whatever that is, you know. And so um, I I have been listening a lot and reading a lot, you know, um, trying to read through the Bible in a year. And my daughter put a challenge out on Facebook for a group to do that. So we have this Facebook group, and everybody's trying to do that together and yeah. throwing out comments. I'm proud of her for starting that. Um, but just when Jesus says, he's questioned, you know, what's what's important, Jesus? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And... We serve a God of the turnaround. Mm-hmm. You know, 180 is a ministry. Your church is a ministry of bringing Jesus Christ into our lives so that, and to us too, that he can turn us around. Yeah. And the cross itself, we're in Lent. We, Ash Wednesday, you mentioned that. Yeah. During Lent, we are, we are heading toward the cross, which is the biggest turnaround mm. in history. Yeah. You know, so... What you guys do every week with this podcast is an amazing thing. I'm glad people are listening in at this table. I wish you all could come. It's fun over here. We would, um, we would need more microphones. Yeah, we need a lot more microphones. We're sharing but one that's microphone. okay because you all have a voice. And I, you know, I just pray that you're using your voice 
um, to glorify God and and that the Holy Spirit would speak through you to do that transforming, turning around thing. It's fabulous. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been so good to have you on this episode. And I feel like we have so much food for thought. And now I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh. I I know. (laughs) So much work to do. (laughs) Yep. As always, it's good to have these conversations with you guys here. So yeah. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to be with you. It's been a pleasure to have you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.